I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host today. Yes, it's me, Liam, at DFSA Tweets on Twitter. Um, don't worry, if you're watching on the live stream, Rich hasn't gone anywhere. He's still here. Um, so with that, Rich, I'll bring it over to you. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very good. I'm very good. I had to really restrain myself not introducing uh, and starting things off. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to sitting here quietly whilst you can introduce the guest. Well, yeah, as Rich has said, um, he, he's kind of relinquished the reins a little bit this week. So we'll see how it goes. But passing over to the guest, we have an amazing guest as usual. But Kev, how are you doing, mate? At Dynasty Goat from the Wildcard Boys. Yeah, evening, gents. Thank you for having me on. Um, doing really well. It's been really exciting part of the year there's a combine around the corner free agency and then the draft falls on from that so there's a bit of something for everyone but yeah really looking forward to the show tonight boys thanks for having me back no problem mate we're, we're welcome to have you back at least riches i didn't have you on last year i wasn't around <laughs> at that point well I, I make this mistake every week but i can officially say kev this is your match ball pod i believe your third appearance on the pod i believe it is yes so, there you go Ma- match balls in the post Excellent. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kev, every week when we have a guest, we tend to get them to answer a couple of questions just so the listeners can learn a little bit more about them. 
Cool. So, first of all, how long have you been playing fantasy football, mate? I'm going to show my age here. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing around about 20 years in total, on and off. Um, like most people, the uh, most common route was redraft to begin with, playing on NFL.com. Um, and then, sort of, last four or five years, that's when I've really got into Dynasty. Um, so, yeah, currently in 19 leagues, that's a combo of Dynasty, Dynasty Best Ball, and Devi. I've uh, got rid of all my redraft leagues now. So, uh, yeah. No redraft at all. No redraft. Even my home league, I, I, I had to get rid of it because I just found it really boring, um, really monotonous. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just wanted to get get that dynasty experience. So, yeah. So you're doing done... it for the listeners then, making sure you've got your content and your brain on exactly, dynasty. Yeah, exactly. It became a chore. I wasn't enjoying it. So it was the right thing to do. I've done the same. I've got rid of most of my done uh, redraft leagues, but my home league, I just, I just can't let it go. It's, <laughs> it's the one that's holding on. We've been going for what are we now, fifteen years, something like that, and it's yeah, it would, it would feel a bit harsh to, to just cut it and say goodbye. So you're, you're a braver man than I, Kev. Yeah, you're a nicer bloke than me, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kev, how did you get into producing content? As we said, you've dropped all your redraft leagues to be a bit more dynasty focused. But yeah. how did you get into it from the start? Yeah, so four or five years ago, um, I listened to a fantasy footballers podcast and they were talking about Dynasty, which I've not come across yet. And it just sounded like a deeper, more exciting experience. So I thought I'll, I'll set up a Twitter account, I'll do some research. Um, and then I thought, what better way to research than actually start writing? And I joined um, the fantasy football astronauts as a writer. And then that developed into a podcast for them. And then 18 months ago, that's when the Fantasy Wildcard started. So um, here I am today. <laughs> I think Kev's. I think Kev's being far too modest there. I think the uh, the, the British ballers, as it used to be known, was. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. It was. It was one of the one of the things that inspired me to start producing content. So uh, so yeah, it was a fantastic uh, listen with with Kev and, and Rich, who's obviously uh, a, a previous guest of the show as well. Yeah, I, I remember listening to the British Ballers. It wasn't very uh, regular, but I Good. do remember listening. <laughs> and then I, again, remember listening to um, the Astronauts as well. And I enjoyed both shows, but I wasn't massive into it then. And then uh, it kind of exploded about two years ago. And then Rich collared me into doing content. So yes. I'm going to blame Rich for you lot having to listen to me every week. <laughs> no, it's all good. I've enjoyed it. But guys, um, some news dropped this week. Well, today, as we record on Monday, um, the London games and, or, or should I say, all international games dropped, um, or at least the home teams. So over in Mexico, Arizona is going to be the home uh, team there. Over in Munich, you've got the Bucks as the home team. And then in London, I'm extremely happy about this, as I'm sure you can imagine. The Jags, the Saints, and then the Packers have got home games. So that is Packers confirmed. Um, I texted my girlfriend as soon as I saw the news at half past two. I said, get your bank account ready. I'm 100% going to that game. Uh, so she's, she's buying you tickets, is it? Oh, no, she's not buying me tickets. But... <laughs> Whoever needs to purchase the tickets on the day when when they go on live will need probably quite a bit of money. <laughs> so, Are you going to try and go, Kev? Uh, it's a tricky one. I'll put, if I'm going to do it, I'll pick one out of the, the three. I'm not hardcore enough or rich enough to do all, all three of them. But 
but yeah, it's quite tricky to get tickets. I think you've either got to pay up early or I'll get lucky, really. I've been to a few of them before um, and the fantastic days out. Yeah. Which one would you want to go out of all of those three, just from the home teams right now? I mean, I don't want to brown nose or anything, but it's the Packers, isn't it? I mean, the last team to come over here to the UK, I believe. Uh, they've got a massive yeah. fan base over here. Um, and they are one of the traditional amazing NFL teams over time. So there's a lot of history there. Um prefer it with Aaron Rodgers rather than Jordan Love, but we'll <laughs> we'll pack that for now. <laughs> well, who knows? Trevor Lawrence could be the quote unquote best quarterback with uh <laughs> with the community from the three London games going into next year. Um but yeah, Rich, we're definitely getting Kev back on because that was the, the correct answer. <laughs> Passed. It's not it's not a Jets game, so I'm not interested. I'll be <laughs> so guys, let's get into the, uh, the 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 only segment of the show. Uh, let's get into the main content. So we brought Rich on to talk about undervalued veterans. Um, Kev, you brought three veterans. I bought one, so I'm slacking. Um, and then Rich has obviously got two, just to round that out to a nice even six. Do you want to start us off with your first one, Kev? Yeah, I, I sort of teased it a little bit in the last comment I made then about Rodgers and Jordan Love. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd start off nice and steady, picking a guy that Rich called an off-season target on the dynasty drive. And Liam, he's played a Hall of Fame level career for your Packers. It's um, my first undervalued veteran is Aaron Rodgers with his current ADP of QB 13. Um, I'm truly amazed that the general public consider Rodgers a dynasty QB 2. Basically, every season known to man that he's finished, uh, he's been a top nine QB. And he's always near the top of the league in QB1 games, which is exactly what you want in your anchor QB, someone that's consistent. People get scared off by that age, which <laughs> obviously Richard spoke about before, but these are the same people that just saw Tom Brady finish as QB3, almost five and a half thousand passing yards at age 44, six years older than Rodgers. And then the other knock is the uncertainty where will they play next season, but trust me, Rodgers is that good. He'll be a QB1 wherever he lands. The Packers have played at a slow pace. They've got one elite weapon in their receiving game. The two most likely places they would go outside of Green Bay are the Broncos and the Steelers, who both have got receiving options that, in my eyes, are far superior to the Packers. And I do think if he does move, it's a similar path to Brady, where he actually moves late on in his career and actually his fantasy production goes up. So, yeah, I just think the consistency, the efficiency, um, another bonus is weatherproof. <laughs> he's played in Green Bay, so wherever he goes, he's going to be fine with that. Um, I've got him QB7, sandwiched between Burrow and Dak in a tier of their own. But the beauty is you don't have to take him there. Basically, anything from um, a late second to a late third in startups is where you can get him. Uh, and I actually took him at the 304 in my most recent startup. I've got to admit, it was quite funny to snipe Rich because um, <laughs> I did see the five-yard mock where I took him at the 301. The week before um, and, and I got him just in before um, Rich and I so very sweet you are really trying to butter me up Kev if your first guy is Aaron Rodgers you're saying that package is the game you want to be at you really are trying to butter me up but no I, I absolutely love this pick Rich has got a lot to say on this although we have covered it in previous weeks probably for the past three to four weeks running um, but yeah Rodgers I think the biggest concern people have isn't where he plays next year is probably when or well if he plays next year because there's a lot of noise about whether he's going to retire I personally don't believe it and guys if Rich says um 
he, be, he he doesn't think he's going to retire, then think what happened to Tom Brady a few days after he said that. <laughs> probably sell. That, that's probably when you sell. But Rich, I'll pass it over to you after ripping into you a little bit too much. Um, talk talk about throwing me under the bus, Liam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps my favourite take of the off season was yeah, Tom Brady was a great buy, but. Um, Look, I, th- I think for me, look, everybody knows I'm I'm all in on Rogers. I feel like I've been talking about him for the past three months. Every time I get an opportunity, um, look, I th- I th- he's he's been a QB one ten of the last twelve seasons. Of of those two seasons, he wasn't a QB one. There was injuries and and reduced games played. Like the guy's been a stud whenever he's been on the field. The only concern you can have is is he going to play? Because I think it's a case of if he doesn't retire. He's going to be a stud. So you can get him, as Kev said, QB 13 price at the moment. You're basically getting a top 7-8 QB. And the only concern is that he's going to retire. Personally, I don't think there's any chance he retires. I've talked about this a few times. I think he's got he's got one ring. I think that second ring makes a big, big difference for the quarterbacks. I also think it's perhaps this is just me hyping it up, but I think he's got such an ego that I don't think he'd want to retire the same year as Brady because when it comes when it comes to going into Canton and that gold jacket ceremony, it's all going to be about Brady and Rogers would be kind of the Cinderella and and the second tier. Whereas I think Rogers is going to want to go in a year where, you know, he can be the kind of the bell of the ball and and that big, you know, number one guy going into Hall of Fame that year as a first ballot. So I, I can't see any world where Rogers retires. From a contract standpoint, he's obviously got this one-year contract with the Packers this year that you know he's he's got some leverage to potentially try and force a trade. But wherever if he's either going to stay in Green Bay, and if he stays in Green Bay, he's signing the extension to try and free up cap space. If he gets traded, he's not going to get traded, and the team's not going to pay something to the Packers for potentially one year of Rogers. So he's going to sign an extension. So you can almost guarantee there's going to be two, three, probably four years left of Rogers. The only concern is, as we said, that he retires. And for me, I'm I'm diving all over that potential concern about is he going to retire? Because if it gives this much of a price drop, you know, as I always say, QB age is the most overrated aspect in Dynasty and Rogers is the perfect example of that. I, I think with Rogers, um, a lot of people are looking at his age and thinking, oh, it's prime time to retire. But as you said, He's had enough of a chip on his shoulder for his entire career, being the number uh, the number two behind Far for three years, having the whole draft situation of San Francisco not drafted him and then dropping all the way back. He's always had a chip on his shoulder, so that totally makes sense. And the other thing is, if they bring back Rogers, I can't see a world where they don't try and bring back um, Adams as well. I, I just don't see it. The biggest concern for me with Rogers, other than the whole retirement piece, which I don't think will happen because he's late thirties and he's expressed interest in playing into his forties anyway, um, would be around the wide receiver core next year. It is just Randall Cobb, who is on a monstrous deal for what he did last year. He was like, I think it's 9 million and they can save 7 million on the cap if they were to cut him or restructure or whatever. So, that's going to happen in some capacity. And then Amari Rogers, who didn't show anything last year. Um, I still is hold that, out. Is that, is that, I was going to say, is that you admitting that Amari Rogers is rubbish? <laughs> oh, no. I just saw him on the special teams, and I don't, I don't want to see that for him because our special teams were awful last year, including him. But 
Um, I hold out hope. But it's Kev, are you, are you concerned about the lack of potential weapons in Green Bay or, or do you think they're going to bring someone else in? I just think Rodgers is that good. Um, is that consistent. Even when Adams has been out of the lineup, he's, he's done great. So, yeah, no concerns. I think, honestly, like if you had the weapons Brady did this season, he'd have been QB1, I think. Yeah. I mean, he was good enough. And that's, without, and that's without the rushing. <laughs> yeah. So let's hand it over to Rich. Who have you got for your first undervalued bet? So I'll be honest, I I struggled a little bit with this because basically Kev picked all the guys that I'd have wanted to talk about. <laughs> so we're, we're having to go in my fourth and fifth options rather than my top three. Um, but yeah, I've, I've gone with Keenan Allen. Um, he's currently the wide receiver 22. Um, I think that... We, we see it every year where guys get to that age 28, 29 season and it becomes consensus sell and they start dropping down kind of ADP values and that kind of thing. And I kind of get it because the thing with Keenan Allen is that you're, you're paying for a reduced length of his career on your dynasty roster. So I, I do kind of get that. But I don't think he's the kind of player that's going to age poorly. I wouldn't be shocked if you're going to get another two, three years out of Keenan Allen elite production he's in arguably one of the most exciting offenses in the league with i know kev will, will big him up but one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in justin herbert why why wouldn't i be excited keen allen you know he's a quite frankly below average athlete in terms of nfl times yes he's a far better athlete than i could ever dream of but in terms of nfl aspects he's a below average athlete he wins on nuanced street running and that is the kind of thing that ages well. And I just don't see any reason why Keenan Allen's going to um, not put up, you know, fringe wide receiver one seasons over the next two, three years. And if you can get him as a, a back-end wide receiver two, even a wide receiver three, um, you know, you'll probably get him for a late first, to be honest, in most leagues, I think, at the moment. I think where we're in that age-obsessed rookie fever timescale, Keenan Allen's just falling down draft boards and, and people aren't valuing him. So I, I really believe that he's a he's a nice sneaky kind of buy t- to get you you know solid wide receiver two wide receiver production for the next two years and yes you're probably going to get not get much return on your investment in two years time but you're buying that asset or you're retaining that asset knowing that you're basically riding it until the walls fall off and and I really believe that. Keenan Allen's one of those guys that being is being chucked on the the kind of scrapyard too soon. I mean, looking at his um, looking at his past five seasons with the Chargers, he's been at worst wide receiver fourteen in PPR, um, and that's the only season where he's been a wide receiver two. He's always been a wide receiver one, um, which is crazy. He doesn't seem to be slowing down, Kev. Do you have anything to add to that? He's only had one season under 1,100 yards, and that was 2020, where he had 992. I just don't see a world where that doesn't change, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, I think part of your wide receiver core when you're building your teams is having a consistent guy, and Keenan Allen's exactly that. He's always around 100 grabs. He's always in that six to eight touchdown range, so you know exactly what you're going to get from him every week and every season. Um, it's going to be age 30 next year, but I play on two-year window, so I'm confident that it'll remain like this for two years. And then, like Rich said, the way that he does play, the way that he wins with technique, with route running, um, as opposed to athleticism, it's it's going to age really well. 
I see a guy like Mike Evans, who I, I do like. I'm still high on Mike Evans, but I think he's going to have a worse transition into his 30s than Keenan Allen. So to see him go ahead of Keenan Allen, it's quite interesting. But there's like other guys at, at wide receiver 22 value. I'd much prefer to take Allen there than guys going above in ADP, McLaurin, Devontae Smith, um, even your guy, Richard Aishamon. I prefer to just wait a little bit and get Keenan Allen just because I think there's a bit of a, a tiny wasteland, I feel, between sort of 15 and however far you want to go. I think it's better to wait at wide receiver at that, at that point. What about you guys? I, I yeah. like that. Rich, do you want to take it away? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of disagree in terms of waiting because I like, I really like Devonta Smith in that range. I really like Chris Godwin in that range. And, and you know I'm going to love Elijah Moore in that range. <laughs> of course. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think, you know, Terry McLaurin is certainly one that, that I, I couldn't get, agree with more. He gets thrown out in, it feels like every year of Terry McLaurin's going to be a stud. Terry McLaurin's going to be a stud. And it's like, yeah, no doubt. Terry McLaurin is a very good wide receiver. But he's, I think he's never been a top 20 receiver in his three years. Like it just, it just feels like he's a solid wide receiver too and never going to be anything more. Yet for the past two years, he's been drafted as like a top 15 receiver. And I, I just can't get my head around it. I, I absolutely agree that there's no way I'm taking Terry McLaurin over any of those guys you named. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper. Give me, uh, give me those three all day over McLaurin. I think with McLaurin, you're probably looking for that QB upgrade, and that's probably what a lot of people are hoping for. I just don't know whether he's going to get it this year with the free agency class of QBs. But, Kev, coming back to you, let's go with your next undervalued bet. I know that this might be controversial to a few people. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I didn't want to come on an undervalued show and just list guys that are way down the border running back 40, wide receiver 80. I think the DP go, most players become value. So um, I went for a guy that's currently got the ADP of running back for a former, a former and future league winner, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you might ask me, how can it be undervalued at running back four? There's not a lot of room to go up in value. I mean, first of all, I think the start-up ADP pick of pick 18 is tremendous based on DLF. Um, if you want to, you can start with Lamar and then swing back for... McCaffrey and to be honest I don't think there's a better QB running back combo in your start of drafts to that um, but the main place that I like McCaffrey's value it's um, of being undervalued it's existing dynasty leagues I think running back four is pretty close to, be, to being correct I've got him running back three possibly running back two depending on the league and team build but ADP has him above Najee and he has Javante just below him but I'm confident that you can get CMC plus for both of these assets um, i I think the consensus don't want to pivot from a young potential stud running back to an older guy at 25. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when he's healthy, he's untouchable. Not even Jonathan Taylor can get near him when he's when he's on form. Look, I get the concerns. He's he's coming off two injury hit seasons, but when he's on it, he's producing like a legend. 26.62 fantasy points per game in his last two healthy years. Even last year, he eclipsed 24 fantasy points per game in all four of his games that he played at least half the snaps. And you've just got to think if you're getting just just three quarters of Christian McCaffrey, he's going to give you running back four overall numbers. Um, I know ADP's got Javante below McCaffrey, but I'm super confident that if you own McCaffrey, you can get Javante straight up um, in those leagues. And in my eyes, the league winning move, what you what I would do as, as a contender is moving 
even Najee or Javante and this year's first to go and get McCaffrey and next year's first. That's a move I'm going to have to listen to because I've got Javante and I'm thinking about selling him at this point with, with his price currently. I might have to take you up on that, Kev. Um, Rich, how do you feel about that? Because CMC is a name that I kind of raised my eyebrows on. I saw it, but I like it. After You, you may have convinced me there, Kev. Ooh. I think it's... I, I don't want to come on and, and really disagree with Kev, but I think I'm going to. So, uh, so yeah. Look, <laughs> Surprise! I, 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 don't, I don't disagree... With him being undervalued, I think, you know, if he's healthy, if he's producing, then, yeah, you can get him at RB4 for the next two years. That's fantastic. Where I have real concerns is I think that you're net at running back four prices. I don't know if you're going to get return on that investment because you're basically, to pay that up, you're needing two kind of probably top five seasons to pay off that investment. And I just think that, we're running out of time for for that to happen with McCaffrey. I think I'd be concerned going and buying him because I'm I'm really terrified about that entire offense. To be honest, the offensive line is an absolute joke. You know, it, it it's I I just don't believe in in that kind of whole regime and anything there. To be honest, so I'm I'm very concerned about CMC moving forward. So, so yes, I, I, I appreciate I'm sort of talking around in circles here, but um, I, I, I think he's undervalued from a two-year window perspective. And I get that in, re, in startups currently, I mean, I don't know if you guys would agree, there's a few startups I've done. Running back four is definitely not where he's going. He's been going kind of six, seven, eight, nine. It's It's been ridiculous. Um, and at that point, I think he's absolutely um, a, you know, a, a bargain but I just don't know if I can ever bring myself to go and buy a running back, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, I'm, I'm team always be selling running backs and I, I just don't know if I can pay, what are we talking? A couple of firsts to, to, to pay up, to go and get that kind of year, year one, maybe year two production. Um, I, I get the move you're talking about Kev in terms of selling Javante for CMC. And, and that's absolutely, you know, if, if I had that opportunity, I'd probably do that move. But to be honest, what I'd probably do is I'd sell Javante for, a wide receiver plus or something like that. Yeah, I like to play in the danger zone, me. I think that where, wherever there's uncertainty, uh, like Rogers, my first guy, McCaffrey, I like to like to have a little dabble, and it doesn't always come off. But um, but yeah, I think when people are people often sell the older running backs, I'm quite happy to jump in and play with a bit of fire. Maybe a guy like Saquon as well, someone that's a guy that's been there and done it. But um, there's a lot of uncertainty around him and. Um, I'm willing to go in on, on Saquon as well on a, on a tricky offence. <laughs> I think, I guess my my concern with um, with CMC, so I've, I've just taken on Northern and it's absolutely abysmal and there is no assets on it at all. And the only asset is CMC and I'm trying to sell him, but nobody wants to pay anything for him. At the moment, I'm being quoted like a first and, and like a late second. It's ridiculous. I just, I just worry if he gets one more injury this year and it could be any sort of injury, then I think he, his price plummets and he's no longer an RB1. And I think that 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 really scares me is that he's an injury away from basically being an afterthought from a, in terms of a dynasty asset. And I just think that, yes, that, you know, as you said, it is a risk and, and the reward is incredible because you could get, you know, overall number one player that he's been several years in fantasy. 
but I just worry that the shelf life is is short and potentially risky. I'm just looking at a startup that we did, Rich, because I remembered you got him in the 16-team league. Um, Rich got him at the 214, so that's what, the 304, 305-ish in a normal 12-team league? No, it's later than that, isn't it? Is it later than that? So it'd be 30 picks, so it'd be the 307. Three, six, I wasn't three, too seven. far. I wasn't too far off. Come on, Rich. <laughs> Two picks is everything. <laughs> but yeah, that that's crazy value. I will say that there was a lot of quarterbacks in front. It was the RB six that went off the board, but that's still RB six. Yeah, I, I quite like that. For look at Rich with his massive grin. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I I think that is, as as I said, I think if you can get him in a startup at RB six seven eight, I think that's incredible. Um, and I agree with with Kev saying at those prices he's absolutely undervalued. Um, I just I'd be un I'd be nervy paying RB four prices. So I don't think there's anything else to talk about with CMC. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna swoop in with mine with my undervalue bet my single one. Um, I'm gonna go with Brandon Cooks and listeners to take you behind the curtain. I I was going to do two Kev stole juju who was the first guy that i even thought about and then when i went into the show sheet uh kev had already put him in there but that's my fault for going into the show sheet late um and then i didn't want to kind of rehash a lot of the names that we've already covered in the past few weeks so i'm just going to rehash it with brandon cooks instead why not um his current adp is wide receiver 37 and he finished as the wide receiver 16 with a rotational wide receiver, uh, wide rotational quarterback situation in a uh, in the Houston Texans. So he's just I, I don't understand. We say it every year, or at least I say it every year. I don't understand why he is such a value at his current production. He he's just constantly proving that he can go through and, and produce a thousand yard season become a, a top wide receiver two um on your team and yet you're getting him as wide receiver four prices at current adp i'm going to throw it over to rich first what what do you think about that because we had um garrett price who absolutely loved him on um i, I just don't understand why He's going so late. Is it his age? Um, is it the, the QB situation there in the Texans? Because it's not really improved um, or there's not any more clarity. What do you think, Rich? I think it's all of the above, isn't it? I think there's, you know, he's, as we said earlier with Keenan Allen, he's that wide receiver. I think this is twenty age 29th season, so he's getting up there in age. He's on the final year of his contract. I would be shocked if he's not traded this off season, to be honest. Um, I see no reason why the Texans would keep him. Um, I think they, you know, it would make sense to move him and get some sort of asset back because he's certainly not helping them with their rebuild, you know, two, three years down the line. Um, and I also think it's it's back to this thing of you're, you're paying, it's, a, it's an unsexy pick, isn't it? You know, in, in the guys that are going around there, you've got, you know, rookies, you've got Rondell Moore, you've got, you know, someone like Kadarius Tony, people like that, that are, you know, you've got potential longevity, but you've also got sexiness in that they're they're kind of a little bit less unproven. And I think, yeah, you know, at, at the price you're probably having to pay for Brandon Cooks, you're probably paying like a second or a third 
a second and a third rather. Um, I think he's he's a decent undervalued vet, um, but for me, it's it's very much short term because I do think that he is a guy that relies on that that speed and athleticism, and I think that the wheels could fall off soon. Um, and whenever there's a guy that's you know, yes, I appreciate he's not a free agent, but I'm fairly convinced that he's going to get moved, and that that concerns me. I'll be honest. Even though he's been a thousand yard receiver in multiple different teams, yeah, yeah, I know he's 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 been a success everywhere he's gone, and I appreciate there's not many guys that is this. Has he been traded three times? Is it Saints to the Pats <laughs> to the Rams to the Texans? Is that three trades? I mean, if he got traded so. a fourth time, that would be quite frankly ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I I just he he could be good for 2022 in which case he's probably paying back the price that you're having to pay to go and get him. But I just worry that you're paying a second and a third for for basically one year. And I don't know what he's going to be in 2023 and beyond. And I personally, I'd rather take those two punts on on two potential rookies that, that could equally never produce anywhere near Cooks. But I'd, I'd be uneasy saying that he's a great buy. Okay, Kev. Are you going to side with me and want to come back on the show or are you going to side with Rich? <laughs> I mean, just because Rich is disagreeing with everything I've said so far. Uh, now nah, I want to get in. Um, <laughs> I, personally, I, I do love Brennan Cooks. I think um, Rich is right what he said about sort of how he'll develop into his 30s. He's more of a speed guy, um, whereas guys like Ian Allen are more technical. So that is a slight concern. Um, I just think Cooks is... He's perennially underrated. He's been a top 20 wide receiver in all six seasons. He's finished injury-free. He's played with an interesting bunch of QBs. He went from, I think, Breeze to, to Brady, then uh, Jared Goff, Davis Mills. He's had a bit of Deshaun in there as well. So he's done it with all sorts of different types. And I think the fact that he's wherever he's gone and whichever type of QB he's, he's been with, he's sort of team-proof wherever he does end up if he is traded. Um I think for a second and third, it's it's probably the way the way I play on two year windows and a second and a third. I'm happy to pay that for him to be honest. I think if I'm if I'm playing for a longer term, a rebuild potentially, yeah, I, I'm, I don't really want Cooks. I want to take him in a startup if for whatever reason it went down that route of a productive struggle. But yeah, I've got a lot of Cooks, so I'm probably not going to be crazy for him in startups. But if he's there at a the right price. Um, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take another stab at him. So, Rich, I just want to come to you. I'm looking at two startups that I've done. Here's some names, and I just want to say, I want you to say yes or no whether you take them above Brandon Cooks. So, um, Tyler Lockett. As in, yes, I'd, I'd prefer Tyler Lockett over Cooks. Okay. Um, Kadarius Tony. I'd rather Cooks. Cortland Sutton? I'd take Sutton over Cooks. Davis? Gabriel Davis? Uh, I'd take Cooks. Uh, Michael Gallup? Uh, I'd take Cooks. Jacoby Myers? I'd definitely take Cooks. <laughs> Alan for... Robinson? Uh, yeah, I'd take Cooks. Rondell Moore is the last one I'm going to say. I'd, I'd take Rondell Moore. I feel like you've got to do that with Kev now because I'm, yeah. I'm very much intrigued to to see where where Kev lies. 
So I was going to come back to you. Uh, do you remember all the names? Or do you want me to go through them again? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, not really, man. <laughs> Put you on the spot. I think it was yes, yes, no, yes. <laughs> Here you go, Kev. So Tyler Lockett. Cooks. Tony. Cooks. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Gabriel Davis. Cooks. Michael Gallup. Cooks. Uh, Jacoby Myers. Cooks, just. <laughs> um, Alan Robinson. Cooks. And then Rondell Moore. Cooks. So, There's one on there. Can, can we just go back? You said Jacoby Myers, just. Where, where do that you were, that, that, right <laughs> that was a joke, I'm playing. Oh, okay, all right. That went straight over my head. I was worried then, Kev, because, yeah. I think Myers is like wide receiver 50 or something in. Yeah. So Myers was the odd one out. He went very close to Cooks in the one, but not very close in the other. So I wanted to throw him in there. But... Myers isn't Myers isn't even the, the best wide receiver <laughs> on the Patriots. So we can leave it there and move on. But those names that I called out are all names that have very similar ADP. And to me, I don't want the majority of them. Yes, there, there are some lights I like it, maybe Cortland Sutton. But the rest of them, I'd take Cooks over. And I think from a startup point of view, that's probably where I'm coming in with this. I think if you go with a rough price of a second and a third, you probably don't get the deal done because the person holding Cooks, unless they're in a rebuild, they know the value that he brings every season. And even though, yes, it's week on week, rather than being a season long and he's a bit more up and down during the season. I do think that the the owner will think a second or third is probably not enough. Um, but if you can get him for that, brilliant. I don't know what you would be willing to pay, Kev, for him. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I don't generally have to go out and acquire him because I, I take him in all the startups. So... <laughs> um, I yeah, think if I, you're trying to buy him now, it's close to two it. seconds. It's close to two seconds for me, I'd say. I think if you're if you're buying him, now's the time, isn't it? Because we're in that yeah. age obsessed rookie fever, and everybody's yeah. you know, age twenty eight, twenty nine wide receivers. You've got to get rid of them now. So yeah, I think if 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 you're buying cooks, you can almost buy him now and sell him for a profit in six months' time. Once we get into redraft mode, can't you? Talking about someone that you could do that with. I believe we can do it with Kev's next undervalued vet. I did tease it earlier, so if you're listening very closely, you know who it is. But Kev, you may as well introduce them anyway. Yeah, I'll finish with my last guy. He's a player that's been a top eight wide receiver before. He's only 25 years old, and he's now ranked wide receiver 34 in ADP. Um, a slight slight hint earlier on. Uh, Steelers free agent wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not miles ahead of consensus. I've got him wide receiver 29 in my rankings, but I do love the fact that you can pay something around about two seconds for a guy that I've seen having a, a high wide receiver two potential in Dynasty if everything hits. I think the risk in Juju is the indifferent recent form. Um, the fact that he's a free agent, he could end up in a bad landing spot, but the flip is the opposite. I've already seen people losing their minds over Juju to the Chiefs hookup. With people talking of him jumping into the top 20, if that did happen. Um, yeah, I know he's had injuries at two of the past three seasons, but 
over the career over his career where he's played at least 14 games he's finished in the top 20 in all these seasons uh, i also like the fact that he's had success sharing the field of guys like antonio brown claypool and superstar deontay johnson she is rich um <laughs> but yeah in terms of real life i see him as a high-end sort of beta wide receiver uh, someone that's gonna be a nice foil to the alpha a little bit like chris godwin in tampa actually um, and i know that i've got uh, Juju wide receiver 29. I'm probably being a little bit conservative on that, to be honest. I think um, I'll still get plenty of Juju with being ahead of the market, with being at, at 34. Um, but yeah, just I love the upside. I love the proven track record, the age, the cost. I think he's a solid value and he's someone that's appealing to a lot of different dynasty teams, whether it be rebuilds, contenders. He's a great asset to chase because I can only see his value going up. I mean, as you said, he's still really young is what did you say he was 25 25 yeah. going into his 25 season so that that's me you're probably not getting a, a cheaper 25 year old wide receiver that has produced a top 12 uh, wide receiver season rich i'm going to throw it over to you even though i'm sure all the listeners know that both of us like this pick um do you want to go over anything here no, I mean it's. Like, I, I've loved Juju. I've always been a Juju guy. I think you know the the price he's at now is is scandalous. Um, I think it's ridiculous that you can still get a guy kind of that injury bump in value, or oh, sorry, the injury decline in value. The fact that he's you know we, we're now in the off season and and he's no longer injured. Um, I think part of the reason his value is low is, as Ken said, it's it's that uncertainty around landing spot with him being a free agent and I don't think he'll be back in Pittsburgh with potentially new quarterback and, and kind of looking at other options in terms of the receiver room. But last year's free agency to me showed me something that gave me fantastic kind of confidence in Juju moving forward is that last year he chose to take less money and return to Pittsburgh. And I think that to me, that shows that he's not going to be a guy that's going to take a Kenny Golladay style deal where he's just chasing the money, <laughs> go to a terrible team with a terrible quarterback and basically disappear. I think he's looking for a situation where he can either win a ring or he's going to go and be a useful weapon in a good opportunity. And I think look, for me, I've, I said it last off season and I'll say it again, I, I would love to see him in Miami. I think that, he fits that scheme perfectly and I think he'd be a really nice compliment to kind of Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddle and you know hopefully bring back Mike Gazicki and have have those kind of two bigger guys running out of the slot. And I think that could be a really nice four out offense to, to help to get the ball out quick. Um I think there's plenty of other places that, that I'd love to see him go. Um but I'm really not concerned about him finding a you know a as I said a Kenny Golliday style off season where he goes somewhere, chases the money and ends up kind of disappearing. Someone right now, Rich, is screaming in their car from their drive home from work because you said that he chose the good situation in the Steelers after having reports that last year the Chiefs offered him a deal and he declined it. Right. I, I, I wanna <laughs> I, I'm gonna, this is gonna be a rant, so I apologize. Okay. The Chiefs is not a good landing spot for another wide receiver. Okay. We have seen it time and time again. That offense runs through the two stars in terms of Hill and Kelsey. There is not enough volume to go around to go and be a stud. 
Okay, we can see a lorry load of people come in. Everybody hypes up, whether it be McCall Hardman, whether it be Blooming Josh Gordon coming back, whether it be Sammy Watkins. That offense isn't going to sustain a third wide receiver at the value. Yes, if Juju goes there, he'll probably end up being a back end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But that's the price you're paying. I don't believe that he's going to be fantastic in the offense because I don't believe that that offense is a fantastic landing spot because Kelsey and Hill command so much volume. And yeah, it it drives me mental at the moment. Basically, every free agent, it's, oh, they could go to the Chiefs. They could go to the Chiefs as if it's this dream landing spot. Sorry. Sorry, guys, (laughs) Liam, you triggered me again. I'm sure you did that on purpose. I actually was going to apologise to the listeners because I didn't know that was going to happen. I I do like lighting the fuse and letting it go a little bit, but that was that was an unexpected one. Um, but Rich, after your little rant, I'm going to let you speak some more and tell us about your last uh, undervalued bit. Yeah, so um, b- before I go into talking about this, I, I would say you... This is very dependent on the type of person you are. And I think you kind of have to hold your nose. We'll we'll stick the legal troubles to one side and say it's potentially an awful human being. But from a dynasty asset perspective, I think that Deshaun Watson is currently, in my opinion, the the most undervalued asset in terms of all of dynasty. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, In the latest DLF ADP, he's going to the QB 16, which is just mind-blowing. Um, I think that the fact that he's sat out a year, people kind of forget how good he is. But this guy, he has had three full seasons as a NFL player. He's finished as the QB5, the QB4, the QB4. And you can get him as an early to mid QB2 currently in time, dynasty startups. Yes, there's the uncertainty around, will, will he play again, quite frankly? And I think that at age 25, 26, I'm, I'm not concerned. I think even if he were to go away and spend, you know, a year or two in prison, he's going to come back. You know, we saw it with Michael Vick. He spent five or six years away from the the NFL, came back with, with you know, Kev's Eagles and, and was a fantasy star again. I truly believe that Deshaun Watson's, you know, that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario, this case either gets thrown out or perhaps he, you know, settles and gets like an eight-game ban. But at quarterback 16 prices, as soon as he's back on the field, he's he's immediately a top five quarterback. So this is a guy that you can probably get for what what are we saying? Maybe a first, maybe a first and a second, kind of maybe a little bit more in, in Superflex leagues. But as soon as he's back on the field, he's probably worth three firsts. We're saying a, a top five quarterback is worth. Um, yes, you know, you've absolutely got to hold your nose and, and accept that he's a deplorable human being and, you know, some people for that reason won't want to roster him, but it just feels like at the moment everybody's just going, Well, I don't really know what to do with Sean Watson. So he just sort of sits there untouched. And I just think that he's he's easily if I'm if I'm rebuilding and I'm not looking to contend in 2022 and you've not got the Sean Watson on your roster, I'd I'd question what you're doing because I don't think you're doing Dynasty right. Because it's ridiculous. How can you be saying there's a potential top five player at the position that I can get at an absolute bargain price? but I'm not going out to try and buy him. It's, you know, yes, as I said, he's a horrific human being if everything that's come out is true. But from a dynasty asset, easily go out and buy him. So, Kev, <laughs> with us with, with saying, or oh, I say us, I'll say Rich is saying, because I'm not <laughs> 100% sold on the price, um, that he's 
roughly around a first and a second at the moment. I want to translate that into the 2022 picks just because that's probably what yes. most people are going to be looking at right now. What is the earliest pick that you would give in the 2022 draft for Deshaun Watson if you were going to trade one for one? Yeah, I think for me, the the biggest thing with Watson is sort of where, where first of all, where you rank him. I think it's really hard to put a spot on him. You could put him at QB 12 and get him. You could put him at QB 6 and get him. You could put him at QB 15 and get him as well, probably. So the ranking's pretty hard. Um, in terms of draft picks for this year, Rich hit the nail on the head that, first of all, is a, is a premium QB trade target for any rebuilding team. Um, but the, the draft this year, my notes is it's actually pretty funny. You've asked me this because I wrote my notes down and it's just, it's just perfect how it's how it's led into it. I just put the move to make if you hold the 101 and Malik Willis gets the expected round one draft cap hill is to pivot to the, the Sean Watson. I think people would do that. People would see Malik Willis. I predict if he does get first round draft cap hill, he'll go before Watson in Starbs. Um, I think in a rebuild, you've got time on your side. I think I'd much rather have the certainty of Watson as that future top six times to QB, uh, as opposed to a lottery ticket of Willis, who in an absolute best case scenario, you're hoping for Watson type production. Rich, throw it over to you, 2022 picks. Yeah, so just just to give you some kind of uh, background research, so keep trade cut, their current value, so they would rather have the 102 over Deshaun Watson straight up. Okay, so that's that's where he's at in terms of kind of GM rule consensus at the moment. For me, so in my kind of trade value chart, so I've got Deshaun Watson as worth the 101 and the 109 put together. Now, I don't think you have to pay that at all because I think if you're offering that to anyone, they're smashing except straight away. But that's how much... I value him over the 101, as Kev said. And I think if you were to offer the 101 for the Sean Watson, apart from, you know, there'll be some leagues where people like us see the value and the potential and, and won't want to trade him. But I would be shocked if that trade 101 for the Sean Watson didn't get accepted in like 70 to 80% of the leagues. And, and that's the thing as well. Like the 101, we're assuming it's Malik Willis. They might fall in love with someone else. They might want a trail on Burks, think that they're, he's the missing piece and they've got this asset Watson on the bench. And they want to make that push. So, it, yeah, I mean, Watson's going to be a massive value um, whenever he comes back. So, for, for both of you, I'll come to Kev first. If you had the 101 and you went out to get Watson, would you be trying to do that right this second? Or would you be waiting for the draft for that draft for the draft pick to gain more value um, closer to the NFL draft and those rookie drafts? Yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting part of the year because the skill is holding your nerve. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can get trigger happy, you can think, right, yeah, that's a great shout. It's a great shout by the, the five yard dynasty lads. Um, let's let's go do it now. But I think Malik Willis is gonna get first round draft capital. If he doesn't, someone else is gonna jump to the one oh one and maybe they'll get the hype. Um so yeah, I'd be waiting as long as possible. I'd be if you're very ballsy, you can wait till you're on the clock. Maybe have a little talk with your Watson owner beforehand and do it. Then you might even be able to squeeze a little bit more out of them. It's a bit risky, but because you're on a timer, but 
yeah, if you if you like playing in that danger zone. Rich, what about you? I think look, I'm I'm not trading any draft picks for the next week because you know we talk about it. We're recording on the Monday. The combine starts tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, that's when those rookie picks start skyrocketing in value. Once people start to learn the names, once people start to see what Malik Willis can potentially do, I don't, I don't know if he's going to work out at the combine. But once we start to hear and see those mock drafts that become slightly more accurate as we get to the combine and all the people that are doing them and talking to the NFL teams. And once you start to see quarterbacks mocked in the top 10, that's when that price starts to rise. And yeah, I I think that that's the point at which I'm looking to move picks. I agree with Kev. The longer you can hold it, the better. The only concern I'd have in this situation is that what happens if Deshaun Watson suddenly settles, gets an eight-game suspension, then then his price skyrockets and he's back to what we were talking about and, and you've sort of missed the boat. So, yeah, it's kind of a, you want to leave it as long as possible, but also you, you're kind of that, that little risk of, you know, potentially missing out should should he come back. I mean, luckily, I'm, I am I pretty much own him in, in almost every league, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not having to uh, run the risk of, uh, of potentially missing out. So that concludes the undervalued pets, guys. Um, I know that Rich put this little section in to the show sheet because he, he just really wants to talk about these guys. So um, Rich wants to know, Kev, who are your favourite rookies? We'll start with just one and we'll see how much time <laughs> you've got because I know you both want to talk about all three. So we'll start with one and we'll see how, how long we got. I mean, yeah. The guy I want to talk about mainly is Breeze Hall. Um, he was my running back one uh, for this class as far as last summer. Um, he's, I've stayed true to that. Um, I just think he's a chalky pick. He's the clear running back one in my eyes. Probably contents, although I do see Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller there sometimes, which is a bit of a head scratcher. But yeah, Breeze Hall, three down skill set, 82 receptions over three years. Um, touchdown machine, 56 touchdowns in 36 games. Um, my running back model, it's not quite finished yet because of the combine, the, the 40 time, the draft capital has got to be input. But as it stands now, he's on pace for the running back four over the last three drafts in that model behind JT, ETN and Swift. And that's both guys that are top 15 in Dynasty. Najee, Javante, Akers, Dobbins, Gibson. So, yeah, I'm really excited about Brees Hall. Um, I'm hoping you're the same, Rich. Yeah, very much so. I'm, I'm all in. Um yeah, I, th- I think he he ticks every box for me. I think a lot of people have kind of criticised this class, and and it feels like the twenty twenty two class. It's you know it's being thrown away, and people like trade away picks, and and it feels like everybody's just slagging it off. But actually, I think there's there's a couple of really good backs. Um, I really like the wide receiver class. Um, I also think that the running back class is is it's got some fantastic depth. I think what it's lacking is the the kind of second tier. I think there's basically two or three backs, however you look at it, that that are really good. But that kind of day two, early day three picks, you know, the likes of Michael Carter last year, they're just not there this year. And I think it's going to be a case of there's there's two or three really good backs and then there's probably 15 that I think are, you know, have got potential depending on basically getting an opportunity at the next level. Um, I really like Bruce Hall. You know, he, he ticks every one of the boxes um, for me. He had, you know, fantastic breakout age, looking at yards per team, rush attempts, best receiving market share. It, it ticks every box that I use in my model. I think he's 
got the potential to, to be a, a fantastic player at the next level. My concern is he doesn't have that kind of elite breakaway speed. I think that he's going to be caught from behind a little bit at the next level. Um, but when when that's the nitpick on a guy, I'm, I'm not that concerned because to be honest, you know, even Jonathan Taylor, who's who's an absolute freak in terms of size speed, how many times is he, you know, scoring 60, 70 yard touchdowns? It's maybe one or two a game. Um, <laughs> uh, one or two a season, sorry, not one or two a game. Um, so yeah, a you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be impressive. Um, so yeah, if you're taking that away from Brees Hall, I still think he's going to be, you know, a very good back, and and I fully expect him to get that kind of early to day two draft capital. Kev, I am going to let you have one more guy, just because I want to hear who out of these two you want to speak about. Okay, cool. I'll make my decision now. Um, I'm going to go for Tyler Beatty. Um, our co-host at the Fantasy Wildcard, Matty, claims that Beatty is his guy, um, but. He claims about 50 guys in every draft, doesn't that? So um, I'm not having that. He's, he's my running back five pre-combine. Um, I'm pretty comfortably above consensus. I've got above guys uh, like Kyron Williams, Rashad White. Um, Bailey is a smaller guy. He's compact. He's got three down skill set. Um, he's likely a day three pick, though, which does make it tough. I'm not expecting him to be flying up people's boards going in like early round two of, of um, your rookie drafts, but yeah, personally, I'd love him on the Dolphins. I think he's this year's uh, Elijah Mitchell, who I touted last year on <laughs> Five Yard Dynasty as uh, a guy that I really like. So I thought I'd keep it on theme with Beatty and also have a quick shot at Matt as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I really like him. Um, he's he's currently, my, my model's not finished because we're waiting for draft capital and weight-adjusted speed score, but he's currently the RB2 in terms of my model. Um, I've got him currently ranked as my running back seven. Um, I think just the projected draft capital, I'm a little bit concerned that he's undersized and I just worry that the NFL aren't going to love that. Um, and I think that that could potentially hit some, some kind of put a cap on his ceiling slightly, should we say? Um, so that's my concern, but I think, Look, where where he's gonna go in terms of ADP and that kind of things, I'm probably going to end up with a, quite a lot of him um, when it comes to to rookie drafts. We know that you love your running backs later on in the draft, so I, particularly I'd be very this year, surprised. Yeah. particularly this year, I wouldn't be shocked if you know in a superflex league. I reckon once we get to middle of the second, I'm probably not touching any player other than a running back at that point because um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure the depth at wide receiver is quite there and. I never draft a tight end in a rookie draft. So, uh, so yeah, I'm pretty good there. Anyway, Kev, that was great to have you on. An absolutely amazing podcast. Um, can you tell the listeners where to find you? Yeah, just first of all, thanks for having us back on. Um, it's been an awesome evening. I've had a great night. We've had some, uh, we've had some great takes. We've had a, we've had a good chat. We've not fallen out that much. Um, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at dynasty underscore go to also the Coast of Fantasy Wildcard. We can follow on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Got two amazing coasts as well, Matt and Ali. They're worth a follow. They put out better content than me. So if you don't follow me, I'd follow them too instead, actually. So yeah, just uh, <laughs> give us a give us a look. We, we have a podcast on a Tuesday, as streams on a Wednesday at 8, 8 p.m. UK. So yeah, uh, check us out. And thanks again, guys. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kev. Our listeners.
I hate fuck on Tuesdays. That's when we stream. No, that's his podcast. That's they podcast. stream on a Wednesday, Liam. Oh, oh, okay. You, can, you oh. can tell Liam doesn't watch. He obviously just listens. <laughs> um, but before we go, just a couple of plugs. So I know I've teased it, I think, for the last two or three weeks, but the Listener League, I promise you, we will be doing the, the giveaway for the Listener League spots next week. Um, it's just going to be me and Liam next week. So we, I promise you we'll have plenty of time to give away those final spots. Um, and also for those of you who haven't, obviously, hopefully you've seen the uh, the announcements last week, the UK FFC, uh, something Liam and I and, and a couple of others, Dan and, and Pitsy, have been working very hard behind the scenes. Um, it's, it's an incredible event. We have got some very, very exciting panellists and stalls and uh, all sorts of things to be announced over the coming weeks. Um, we're over 50% of tickets sale, sold already. Um, it's not even been on sale for a week yet. So uh, if, you, if you haven't got your ticket, I'd probably move quite quickly because um, I'm not projecting um, that there's going to be many left around for much longer. Yeah, um, and keep an eye on the UKFFC account, which is at underscore UKFFC, just because we'll be dropping loads of news coming over the uh, weeks going up to the event. It is on the 16th of July this year. Uh, That is a Saturday, if you are wondering when that is. Um, We'll be most likely dropping one or two pieces of news, so an announcement about a panellist or a stall that's going to be there every week on that account. Um, so make sure you go over and follow. And I'm sure Kev's already bought a ticket. I think I saw I his have. name. Yes. So you'll you'll see all Come three of me. us there. <laughs> but I believe um, Matt and Ali also have tickets. So you'll see the whole wildcard guys there. Make sure you go and check out the account. Um, and we'll see you next week, guys. Have a nice week. Enjoy the NFL Combine. And peace out, guys. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.